What? Well, that was one heck of a way to end a quarter. New high for the year. Closing high for the year. New high for the year. Will it continue? Can we clear 4,500? Just talked about the bank and their capital plans. All those analysts downgrading Tesla last week. They got to be scratching their head. That's our big mover on the upside. It's a half a day, but you get a full show of pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, folks, uh, trading in the red by four handles, 84 and a quarter. Uh, that's still a pretty good number, considering the former closing high of the move was 71 and a quarter. Uh, the buck that's up 21.8 cents at 102.81. Bonds are down again, 12.30 seconds, heading toward that support under 126. Uh, they're, they're cutting oil again, and we're up again, 89 cents at 71.53. Gold in the red by nine bucks at 1920.40. Silver going the same way, a little bit less on a percentage basis. That's down uh, seven pennies, 22.74. And Bitcoin holding strong in the 30K handle, up $280 at 30,960. And the only thing I can say is, how was your Canada Day? Uh, pretty good good i would say it's still a little bit smoky off and on here so and i do think like uh i got both my wife has got like sore throat uh natalie's been coughing and coughing and spencer's been off and on with his breathing i just wonder the smoke man she's breathing it's off of and on and it can't be good like i'm concerned that and and again it, it seems okay the last couple of days friday wasn't great though but you just get concerned like we're entering the dry season I mean, how is it going to get better? It's supposed to be the wet season, May and June, when all this smoke's coming. And you just start seeing, like, even the smoke trade. We haven't even talked about the smoke trade, but have you looked at, like, Wirehauser, WY, Wood? You know, because obviously we've got a lot of lumber burning. That thing's been going straight up. And then, you know, air purifier companies like Whirlpool. Um, There was a few. I actually had them written down, and then I lost that shit. I didn't think of the Whirlpool. Well, and it's it made it it touched a new, I believe, fifty-two week high on Friday. Not yeah, like twenty twenty-three. Oh no, actually, it was off significantly. It was up one sixty earlier. Had a good week. Had Had a a good good week. week. There's a few other ones there too, and you know we can get into that later on the show too. If you guys think about it, jump in here. But overall, the weekend was fine, but disappointed that the smoke just keeps coming back. Are you getting it in Michigan? Yeah, yeah, it is around here. I mean, and it it's plain as day. And uh, there's been uh, like some some closings of pools and things like that. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not experiencing anything directly, but I mean, you could definitely see it. I know it's uh, it's bad and potential to get worse. But yeah. We'll what about you, Mitch? Things. Where you are? are? You seeing? What do you got not, down there, Mitch? That, nothing going down down that far, is there? Nah, nothing going down that far. There is still alerts down here, like that the air quality is a little less, you know, than what it used to be. But I, I'm still being able to play baseball outside and things like that. So yeah. if I did have smoke outside, I don't think I'd be playing baseball and running in it. So yeah, um, at least down here, it's still not that bad. But definitely. Um, in some of the major cities in the U.S. and also, of course, in Canada, it's just really bad. It's got some of the worst air quality in the world. So you're talking worse than you know some really like low, like third world country places, and yeah. we're having the worst air quality. That is not good by any means. And yeah. of course, long term health effects that could be coming from this, right? That's the sad part, right? Or so, short term. I mean, I don't yeah, think like, even short term. Kids coughing. But- at night here, I don't think it's coincidental. Yeah. 
And definitely stay safe out there, guys. Be careful. Definitely breathing that stuff in. Try to stay inside as much as possible. All right, let's get over to some news. Of course, yeah. end of the quarter came and uh, didn't really bring that much fireworks. I, I don't know. Did you guys see anything? Not on individual stocks, but overall, the market definitely played out how you would think. Strong quarter. Were they buying stocks into the end of the quarter? They absolutely were. S&Ps closed up near the highs. We did sell off in the last few rip. minutes, but it was a very strong market. IWM you know, was very strong for most of the day, and QQQ had a very strong day as well. So not surprising. They were buying you know, the leaders. NVIDIA had the upgrade. Remember from Thursday night and yeah. obviously playing out into Friday and that continued to go higher. AMD as well was strong. Um, there was a lot of tech stocks that were very strong on Friday. And if you're just playing a textbook, that's the way the end of the quarter usually plays out because those money managers that are dressing up those windows usually buy what is strong in the quarter and sell what is weaker in the quarter. So they were buying tech stocks on Friday. All right, let's keep going. Let's get to some tech news here as mm. Apple facing production forecast cuts for its Vision Pro. Of course, the augmented reality headset is due uh, to design complexity as reported by the Financial Times. So already struggling to get the production for the Vision Pro to where their forecast was. Who's buying this thing for $3,500? This is the stupidest product ever at that pricing point. So, I mean, they Peter, launched right? the product They launched the product three weeks ago, and now they're already doing production cuts on it. This is a major screw-up for Apple. It's, a, it's a production cuts because of, the, uh, of the, the parts and the labor, or just because no one's buying it? Design Probably complexity both. means to me that uh, there's a lot of parts, like moving parts to this headset. And they're probably finding somewhere in that chain some issues, some supply chain issues there that they're not being able to meet the production that they expected to meet, right? So there's somewhere in the supply chain that's having problems. I think there's going to be demand issues for that product too. Again, this doesn't move the needle at all for Apple though. This is a nothing product for them so far. But you want to see like eventually new products come that will be the new cash cows. I mean, they're so reliant on the iPhone. It's still half their revenue, I believe. And obviously, there's cloud services, other things coming. You know, we're going to talk about AI. We're talk about there's going to be other things coming. But I mean, this product here coming out with a pricing point at 3500 bucks made zero sense the day they announced it and still makes zero sense here today. Just way too much, man. I mean, but how much do you pay for new phones? Let's just be honest. They're like not thirty five hundred dollars. They're like sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred. I don't think they're that high, man. Yes, they are. are. What's yes, the new they iPhone are. Brand 15? new, brand new retail price of an iPhone. We can look it up really quickly. That one takes you. Yeah, seconds. wow. Well, the difference is the iPhone is a utility, though. It's not a luxury item. Everybody has to have a phone because that's the way we are. iPhone fifteen pricing. Let's look it up. And while new you guys one, are doing that, eight hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, it depends which one you the get. The base model. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah talking, but okay. So Pro Max is eleven ninety nine. It's not thirty five hundred. Like thirty five hundred for a luxury item that really isn't you know mainstream yet. I just think the pricing point was was way too high. The only thing we care about is the closing price made a new all time closing high after making one on Friday by over three dollars, over four dollars. Uh, so I think that's a great number, uh, 193.97, not only for today, uh, but moving forward, keep an eye on that. Um, on the downside, I don't know what kind of day this is going to be in the market, so it's still two bucks away from uh, from Friday's low. At 191.26, that's the highest low it ever made. So if you're trying to protect profits in Apple, I think that'd be a good number to look on the downside. But we could very well get it just like a little inside day here in Apple. You know, people trimming because of the bad news. And, you know, anybody that had the guts to short it on uh, on Friday maybe want to cover. So a lot depends on the market. Really would not like it under Friday's low of 191.26. And just what timing by that uh, city group to initiate Apple at a buy at the end of the quarter with a 240 price target is looking pretty good, at least on Friday. 
Now, there's another news on Apple, and it's involving also Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs is reportedly considering ending its consumer lending partnership with Apple, which could mark the end of their ties. So um, maybe this plays into more Goldman Sachs than specifically Apple. But of course, we saw how Apple tried to get into this space. Um, of course, the Apple card and things like that, that could be coming to an end. I think I just it's valuation for Apple at this point in time. The company's awesome. I don't like the new product, whatever. They still cash cow. They still make a hell of a lot of money. They're going to have new products that are going to be awesome as well. I don't think it's going to be this Vision Pro, but maybe, you know, some people are saying it's going to be a really cool product. I just think pricing points going to be an issue. It's just valuation. It's 30. What is it? 31, 32 times earnings here now. I just can't get behind it. But again, the trend is your friend. You can't argue with the trend. We said this on Friday. Stocks are going to 190, usually go to 200. You know, it's just yeah. the way this thing works. So it's down a little bit here this morning. Um, momentum traders are still all over it. Bulls are complete control as long as this thing is above 180. So it's hard to be bearish from a technical trading standpoint. But it's not in my long-term portfolio anymore because valuation is just too extreme. Well, how about I had in my long-term portfolio because people will say, oh, Dennis sucks on Apple. I had this in my long-term portfolio from $25 to $180. I did pretty damn good on Apple. So I've rung the register for the simple reason. I bought it back when it was $25, be eight years ago. I bought it back then because the P was 13. And I was like, this doesn't make sense to be this cheap. Now, the opposite is true. It doesn't make this much sense to be this expensive. How much so, is the Meta product? How much is the Meta product? The Meta goggles? It's like 400 I believe, the newer one. Oh, cool, cool, um, cool, but cool. let me look up. No, I'm Oculus just curious because they like ten times. But okay, all right. Uh, let's let's uh, let's move on. Next. Way more than the meta product. Yeah. Maybe it's yep. way better. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's way better. I'll I'll just say that right off the back. It's nowhere near. It's nowhere near Dennis. Um, at least in the technology that's in the Apple one compared to the Quest one. Now, the only thing that I would give the Quest is an advantage is that it's more for gaming, right? The Vision Pro is more now for different uses than just gaming. It's also going to be for your like office applications and different things that it's pretty much a laptop, right? Compared to like the MetaQuest 3, which is more for your gaming applications. All right. Never going to have any of them. So let's talk about another. I, I know I will have one, well, we, we gotta one talk or two Tesla. of them. That's for I mean, sure. Yeah, we got to talk We Tesla. skipped over the story of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go to it. We, we got a lot to talk about there. Let's go. Tesla releasing its Q2 23 production and delivery reports surpassing Wall Street's expectations. They reported 466,140 deliveries and 479,700 total production exceeding the analyst estimates. Unbelievable. I mean, he just continues to perform and counter to, you know, what some people in the chat believe. I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. I don't think, you know, for an, you know, a minute here that Elon Musk is the problem with Tesla or that, you know, he's, you know, the Tesla, Elon Musk is just an unbelievable. He's the CEO you want in your company. Working 18 hour days. I mean, working seven days a week. The guy is just incredible. Um, stock is up $16. It's trying and going to challenge a new 52 week high here this morning. Deserved. I mean, the numbers were fabulous. The stock is up. Is it stretched? Is it overvalued? All those things have been true for a long time, but it continues to go higher here. Your big number is the 276.99. Joel, take your technicals away. Yeah. That was the high from six days ago. What does it do there? Does it get above there? Is this it, a sell-on news yeah. thing? Yep. To be determined, but bulls are still in control here. As much as they were even in control when Goldman downgraded there a, a there week ago to Spinner's Point, that downgrade was just bought right back. So buying uh, strong stocks on weakness just continues to work. Yeah, two. Uh, Dennis mentioned uh, the, the former high, of the move at two seventy six ninety nine. Uh, someone definitely has an opinion here at two eighty. Uh, we've bounced up there three, four times. Uh, so keep an eye on that if you're looking for an early target. You know the spoos catch a little bit of a rally. I'd like to see what happens at two eighty. Of course, I'd like to stay above 276.99. That was the former high of the move. Uh, anything above 74.45 would be a new closing high for the move. And uh, the other thing, Mitch, why don't you just bring up Pro here for a second and bring up uh, bring up Tesla 
because it just wasn't Goldman. I mean, you know, we talk about the analysts, you know, doing things right and wrong. I mean, how many downgrades? Citigroup downgraded it. I mean, there were several downgrades in that stock last week. And with the deliveries coming up, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like that it, it was kind of premature here. To, uh, to, well, it took uh, guts to, to downgrade ahead of those delivery numbers. Yeah, here, especially when they were doing some price cuts. So, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a reason, you know, too. And, you know, obviously we did, you know, they did do some price cuts. And it's going to drive demand to a certain extent here. But we just know that the king of EV, they're probably going to remain the king of EV. Is there competition coming? Absolutely. The valuation makes sense 50, 50, 60, 70 times. Probably not. But, it, you know, it just continues to go. So, you know, it's hard to argue when the bulls, when the story <laughs> is hot, we always say it. When the do story you guys is hot, actually, actually valuation drive matter. around in a car? Do they actually get on the road? And here you're talking about a guy that maybe drives 15 to 20 miles a week. I mean, I see more Teslas on the road. I see more Teslas in my neighborhood. I see more Teslas in the parking lot. They're everywhere. I mean, what 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 are these guys? I mean, the eyeball test. You know, the reason I was you know tried to you know stay out of the recession and you know it's just look around, analysts. Look around you. Use the eyeball test. I don't know what kind of metrics you're using, uh, but. Um, just, well, just it's valuation, surprised. Joel. And yeah, again, okay. and, and let's, you know, you still have your Tesla? Yeah, exactly. Joel, I mean, Joel do you still no, have your Tesla? No, 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 no. Sold it right in this area. Yeah. Well, yeah, you sold it higher here. So Yeah, I can't remember. And, and that was a Lisa exit on that one. I, I, I for whatever reasons. But uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just the eyeball test. Uh, we'll see what happens today. You obviously don't want to get back those gains. And you want to uh, post a new closing high for the move. That's 274.45. There's a couple of uh, topics, too, that I think are very important in this Tesla story. It's one being the margins, right? The second being that the Model 3 and the Model Y are now eligible for that 7,500 tax credit. And I think that this is also helping out those sales, right? Um, because for a second there, they weren't getting tax credits because Tesla had run out of tax credits. And so this is going to give Tesla an extra little boost at a time when they need it most right now, right? To get the, the remaining, uh, you know, extreme market share that they have because Ford and GM are coming. It's going to be a matter of time. They will take some market share. But they oh, yeah. need multiple vehicles out, right? And right now, Tesla still has that advantage. So if anything, I think Tesla's trying to press on the gas pedal as much as possible because their early uh, their early to market advantage is slowly going away. But again, we can do all that and we can, you know, short the stock on a valuation call, and that's getting you nowhere here because <laughs> it just comes back to basics. Don't short a hot story. That story true. is still hot. That's the bottom line. Valuation doesn't matter at no. all. It cooled off significantly. I mean, there was times to be sure Tesla. And obviously, you know, we look at, you know, if somebody's held this for three years. It was $400 two years ago. So, you know, you're still significantly off the all-time high. Got down, obviously, to $100 where it was trading 29, 30 times earnings. It's the cheapest Tesla's ever been. So now you're back at 277. The time to really buy it, though, was the David Faber interview. Again, we'll just take it back oh, a month man, and a half yeah, ago. That was such a buying opportunity. And you know, I'm kicking myself as well because we mentioned it. We talked about it on the show. We talked about that being a potential driver, the new AI story behind it. And that's what drove the last $100. So, in, and again, that story is still hot here right now. I would say what you've got to do, though, if you are in that bull camp, always you want to see it get above that 277. You don't want to see a start getting back below that 52-week high, but these are great numbers. All right. Now, one thing I did want to bring us to also in the EV story is China EV. You guys are seeing stocks mm -hmm. like XPEV, LI, uh, NEO getting some lift. And why is this? Something that I thought was very important on the recent downturn in like XPEV um, was an announcement that was made right then. It was a new vehicle uh, purchase tax uh, credit that was coming from China. And this really helped. It was a 72 billion tax break for EVs. And I think this is really getting these stocks going here. Now you're seeing XPEV jumping. You're seeing pretty much all of them starting to get the run. Tax credits, man. It could definitely help. 
Uh, it's a big I just, pop. XBV yeah. up seven percent here. Neo as well as trading up. Yeah, here I was calling it back market. at ten. So this is this is getting yeah. going, man. Well, Neo's been sneaky and and, and and quiet here too for a bit. Um, so you know, and it tries to get a little bit of life here. But again, you're reaching on all of these from your long-term investment because I don't think it's like Neo. I don't think it's like you know XPEV. It's Tesla and it's everybody else, but you know GM, Ford, and Toyota. I think eventually what we're going to look, you know, is like who's going to be the king of EV. It's probably going to remain Tesla, but then you're going to have probably Toyota number two, GM number three, Ford number four. You're going to have all the big guns, you know, and keep going down the list. And then you know, at the very bottom of the list, you'll find all these other EV startups. It's not like a like some people believe like you believe back in the day that you know eventually you're going to get you know Neo number three or number four in EV. It's not happening. It's going to be the big gun. It's going to be Tesla. Tesla is a big gun now. And it's going to be the other ones. And then there's going to be a lot of these smaller companies. Probably 75 or 80% of them aren't going to survive. It's going to go the way of Lordstown. And then there's going to be some that do and some that come out of it and some that do okay. Uh, let's just go to this XPEV mm -hmm. real quick. Getting a nice pop uh, up nearly a buck. Off the high, though. Uh, 4 a.m. open, 15 bucks. Someone made a stand there at 15. So keep an eye on that. We're breaking out on the monthlies over 13. So I'd be more inclined to try and buy this in the at 13, 13.50. That was the top of yesterday's rent, uh, range. Then, uh, then shorted at 15. See if we get to that level today. I just want to, Dennis, uh, you alluded to the Musk uh, favor interview. You see this blue arrow on my chart? That you put there a while ago. That's <laughs> yep. 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 That's, that's where, that's what he was on the interview. So that's XPV. That's Tesla. LI has had a nice run here. Uh, that's trading up. I haven't looked we'll for a while. Wow. Let's see what this is hanging on there. Let's look at uh, 37.50. Um, another stock I thought might rise from the dead. Uh, Rivian is having a nice move here. Finally cleared the $16 area. This is just, just moves up and chunks. Life. You know? There's life yeah. in some of these beaten down. Names. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Rivian breaking out over 16. Who did I leave out here? I well, right. Lucid. Lucid Which one? Trying. Lucid LCID. Okay. Wasn't uh, the Saudis taking an increased stake or something? Yeah. Or wasn't there some Saudi news there last week, Mitch, on this one? Yeah. yeah that's that's drove what it got bit. it going. But, yeah. I mean, it's a we know they own short, short lived pop. It's about 20%. We'll see if this can hold on a little bit. I don't. I don't think any of us believe in in those right now. We have to see something change, right? Too many we'll bag holders and all these things is the problem. Yep. Let's go to the banks. U.S. Banks, banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Morgan Stanley, are planning to raise their quarterly dividends after passing the Federal Reserve stress test. J.P. Morgan aims to increase its dividend to a dollar five per share. Wells Fargo planning to hike its dividend 35 cents per share and Citigroup suggesting a two cent raise in their quarterly dividend. These moves reflecting the bank's positive outlook and confidence into their financial strength. Okay. I'll say the opposite here. So <laughs> last year when, and this happens on the, this happened on the Friday night. So last year when we got the stress test, they came out with these huge buybacks and huge dividend increases after they passed the stress test. This year, they were very small dividend increases, and most of them did not announce any new buybacks. It was just, you know, oh, we're going to continue the existing buybacks. In some cases, like USB, they did nothing. They didn't increase the dividend, I don't believe. They kept the stood pat. They said, yes, we have a little buyback in place, so we'll continue to do that. But that was about it. So the Citigroup two-cent raise, I mean, there wasn't a lot to really get very excited about here from the banks on Friday night. You know, I was expecting a lot more, you know, dividend increases or, you know, after, you know, they all beat the stress test, you know, which we, you know, talked about, you know, like you'd think that, hey, well, let's, let's throw this money back to our shareholders. They're being conservative. So they were playing the conservative card here. And I don't think you're going to see big moves off these banks here today with these conservative raises. Goldman up a little bit, Morgan up a little bit, Wells Fargo up a little bit. They're up a little bit, but it's not like it was last year. Wow, Goldman really not participating in uh, the recent rally. That peaked in uh, June. But uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, as mentioned, uh, picked that up during the uh, chaos. And is that a new 52-week high? 
Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. And they, yeah. I just wanted to blow this up here big because this thing has been struggling with this 144 area. It punched through yesterday, going to 146, uh, close 145.44. Really, what I'd like to see the next couple digits. One thing to punch through resistance, right? But it's another thing for a level to hold as support. Now you've distanced yourself a little bit from this 144 area. You're a buck 80 away. Love to see it form another base, you know, a strong base here at 144. Next monthly high is way up there. Way, way, way up there. That's from February 22. That's closer to 160. Uh, but their potential Bank of America is just kind of being Bank of America, not really seeing much on uh, hasn't made a new monthly high yet. Maybe it can today. Uh, Wells Fargo, I know that uh, uh, that had uh, the good news backed off. Really, mm, let's keep an eye if there's paper stacking up at 43. Looks like they cleared it out on Friday when you went to 43.22. Got another high right at that area, 43.34. Uh, Citigroup, just a consolidation station here. We got yeah. the good support of 46. Uh, if you guys missed the show on Friday, uh, Dennis did a, a nice little chat on uh, stock dilution and how, you know, the mechanics of it. When you look at a chart, not always going back. So if you go to premarketprep.com, uh, you can uh, see a nice article done by Josh and uh, a nice write-up on it. So there you go. Uh, stock dilution for C. What any other banks you guys? Well, let's talk to USB because you've got the opposite. So a lot of these banks, like J.P. Morgan, best of breed, showing some performance here. You've got some of these others. What you were saying, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Citigroup, kind of still in downtrends. You know, not really participating. And then obviously you have USB because it's thrown in with the regional mess. Been just straight down here for a year and a half. I mean, this was $60 a year ago. It's a two for one stock split. It does yield 5.79% now, which is more than most of the other banks. That's simply because the stock price has been cut in half. It's not like they've been raising the dividend like crazy and you got this huge yield here. It's because the stock price has been cut in half. But the question is if we are, and this is a big if, but if we are starting to get past the banking crisis, this consolidation station for USB, do you think there's you know, a chance yeah. for bottom fishing and something like this? I mean, I don't love the fact that they didn't do anything with the dividend, but to the chat's point, you know, it's is 5.79%. Maybe they figure a yield's good enough here that why, you know, bother raising the dividend. So I don't know. It's in consolidation station though. So look at that. 32. Yeah. Uh I I don't know what they're gonna do as far as earnings or anything, but if I was playing this and you just or taking a poke here at 33, where it's currently trading. I mean, I wouldn't wait until, you know, 30 to find out I was wrong on it because of all the support there. And if I was looking to buy this on strength, I mean, all these pesky highs right at the upper 33 handle. I can't tell you how many there are there. That's hot. 33.75 maybe, and that would be the breakout. And then because the breakout, nice move to 36. Always like to keep an eye on the KRE. What's the KRE telling us? I know this was the bigger banks, the smaller banks. KRE doesn't want to clear 45. Uh, talk to Chuck. Chuck's been perking up a little bit. That 50, yeah, that 55 area uh, was pesky, and now the next pesky area is uh is 60 but you know it with these banks it, it's all you know whatever the news they give it's good until there's bad news and then you know we know what happens with the bad news so depends how comfortable you you are uh you know with the you know with the entire banking crisis the short-lived uh, i mean it was a little bit longer than the uh, coup in russia uh, but, um, you know, if, if we're totally out of the woods and you could be looking at some good buys, here. we're not out I, of the woods. So that is one thing I'll say it right now. I don't believe we're out of the woods. I don't like the key bank chart. K E Y. I'm keeping an eye on that one. Cause it's a big one and it is continuing to leak here. We're not far from 52 week lows. KRE is concerning as well that we haven't really got up over that 45. We failed right where he didn't want us to fail. So there is still some concerns, not out of the woods. We may be past the worst of it, we may not yet. So I still think there could be more issues with the banks going forward. I own none All of right. them. Let's keep it going. Let's go to AstraZeneca. 
here as shares Ooh. are trading under pressure as there some adverse events in late stage lung cancer drug trials. And it seems like we've been getting a lot of these letdowns from the bigger names now lately. This is an enormous move. Um, we've got to give a perspective, especially for newer traders. There's certain stocks that move three, four, five percent a day. And then there's certain stocks that rarely ever have a move this big. I cannot remember, and I trade AstraZeneca lots of times. I cannot remember the last time this thing moved six percent in a day. I think you're going back to like COVID stuff. So I mean, this is just an enormous move for AstraZeneca. It typically moves half a percent, one percent. It's a slow, slow mover, lower beta stock. This is an enormous move for AstraZeneca. It's serious. It's down five bucks. It's not already obviously trading over in Europe too. So this is priced down by the by the primary market, down five points. So don't expect this thing to just bounce back overnight. You could get support down here at 64. Um, obviously, this drug was very important. And I don't follow the AstraZeneca story closely enough to know, you know, how much potential revenue and all this, but they're hitting they're hitting it down seven percent. It's serious. The nine-day average, well, practically all going from the nine to the one-hundred-day uh, average true range for this is right around a buck. So you are down five times that amount. There you it's go. Been factored in in Europe, uh, still hanging out, you know, near the lows of the session. This thing is just spotty with support. I mean, you could come up with some areas, but we're already at sixty-six. But I don't like there's only one low in that area. There's well, I guess there's two lows at 66.55. Right where we're at, 60, 66.50. Give it a two star. It's straight in there in the pre market. Someone's bringing in some stock at those parallels. I don't think you have a chance to get to the uh, top of yesterday's range. That will be a while, 71.47. But uh, this one, if if you're if you're trying to buy it off the open, you want immediate gratification. I'd even say for sure to you too. I mean, I think the opens could be really critical in this one. You know, if you're like going to try and buy the dip, I'd love to see the pre-market low move up from here a little bit, maybe 66.80 or, you know, keep this as the low area, maybe open up there, make a quick test of it and rally. But uh, the daily charts, man, wide open on the downside. We do own this one. I don't know. It's been a long time, so I'm not, I'm not sure what level from and, not selling it today on this news. I wonder if this will affect their story, you know, significantly, of course. Uh, AZN also had their COVID vaccine, right? And that's probably not getting the yeah. same demand outlook. So I don't know if it was this particular lung uh, cancer drug that was keeping it up here. But now that this has happened... I think that this could go lower now. This could break this chart. It's been in a channel for a very long time. I mean, since pretty much 2017, this has been in a channel. So if you've got to watch. You've got break and, 65, and, 60. You got to be careful. It's a great point, Mitch. You know, we've saw what's happened to all the COVID drug ones and AstraZeneca. I think it was a smaller one. I think mm -hmm. it wasn't. It was well, a maybe smaller one. Europe. Maybe yeah. in Europe it was bigger. I know we didn't use the AstraZeneca over here. I think they actually didn't even use it at all in the U.S. after the first little while. Uh, but overseas, it was used tremendously. So, I mean, it was they probably had some significant revenue from their COVID drug. So when you put all that together there, you're right. Like I, I got pfizer because of the COVID. You know, I didn't consider how much, you know, revenue. You think, oh, Pfizer, good, good company, reasonable valuation. But I just didn't put it together how much revenue was coming from that COVID drug. And that's why, you know, I lost significantly on that purchase. So you don't want that to happen. Um, I'm not sure. So go crunch the numbers. Maybe some of our chat members, I don't follow AstraZeneca closely enough exactly. to know how much COVID revenue, but before I just jump in and buying it, it's a good thing to look at. And uh, a lot of times there's a, a winner from something like this. The electrical trade is asking about that. AZN, mm. who would be the winner off the bad news off this? I don't follow the, the drug complex that closely, so I don't know who its competition is. So that's worth doing some research. So th that's the other thing, too. I feel like we... Lily's the winner for everything always. You <laughs> 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 yes, say Lily. That stock's oh, just unbelievable oh, Lily. here. So. Oh, Lily. Lily got some uh, some big ink in Barron's. I just skimmed through it when uh, I was watching the Rocket Mortgage Classic and uh, – they said something about this weight loss drug. Like basically the rally said, 
uh, just getting going. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here with uh, with all these uh, weight loss drugs. NVO, I believe Nova Nordisk uh, got it started uh, with um, uh, Ozemprac, and then that's that's pulled back, but still in the strong uptrend. So ups and downs in these drug stocks. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to oil stocks now. As the oil prices are rose after Saudi Arabia and Russia announced supply cuts for August, Saudi Arabia extending its voluntary cut of 1 million barrels per day, and Russia reducing oil exports by 500,000 barrels per day. My biggest thing is, you guys remember when this first happened, right? Yeah, How, what, what happened there? It was a quick uh lived little pop yeah so i'm gonna be watching you know i i don't watch cl i, I more watch wti but it really doesn't matter um i'm watching wti to see if it can get back over 72 really you got it. to see it yep. get back under into the 60s just yeah uh, what, what overhead supply though? i mean just everywhere and this is what you know struggles to get oil going and trying to get it out of the gutter and it's still you know the ai story is what still dro drove the markets up in the last quarter here it wasn't oil prices it wasn't commodities you know the yeah, what do you want to have right now to. energy or or that, that's stocks. where the market is at right now and it's hard to get these stocks going if the narrative changes as the ai story cools off it would actually probably be good for the commodities it would actually be good but you know there's just so much allocation it's just like rotating around and you know there's there's like you know, everybody's expecting, you know, that all this cash that's sitting on the sidelines is eventually going to chase stocks. I'm telling you, I've been saying this for a while. A lot of that cash on the sidelines is happy to get five and a half percent. So it's just a different environment. It's not like you're getting zero. You know, long term performance in the stock market, folks, is around seven and a half percent. So, you know, when you're analyzing the five and a half, seven and a half, it's like I'm taking a lot of risk, pick up two. Now, some years are great. Twenty percent, 30 percent. Those are the years you want to be in the market. But there's down years as well. So I think it's just the same capital that's, you know, investors that are just rotating around. So they move out, you know, from a little bit more oil and move more in AI. And then the AI story goes off. They might come back into those value names. That's why we've seen this QQQ versus IWM trade. Again, lately, kind of everything is lifting here, you know, as people thinking we may get a soft landing. But overall, this year has been the story of value versus growth, not value and growth. All right, Joe, any outlook on this chart? Or maybe we take a look at XOM. I'm uh, really oh, keeping the, an eye on that one now. Uh, I have the, a, the crude, I just I just uh, always repeat myself on the on the crude oil. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean. And you, I, I just like people get tired of hearing it, but they're still pumping, baby. And if yeah, they're not, voluntary if it, if, pumps, man. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, but who says, oh, well, Nigeria or who, you know, the other countries. Are like they Venezuela. just pump and hide the barrels, just, man. Yeah, they're like, okay, OPEC's cotton. They're like out there and calling in the overtime shifts, and they have big they, warehouses. I they're, heard they're pulling in Saudi that Arabia. stuff out, man. And uh, you know, in demand, I mean, demand. We do. I do my supply. I do my economics lesson. I do supply and demand. I know there's other uses for oil besides for you know for uh, for fuel. But man, oh man, if this EV thing is, everyone's gonna be cruising around the EVs. Let's say in 20 years. Where you think you know crude oil? You're gonna that, have that's, that's an issue. Is the secular decline? You know, and yeah. we've talked about that before too. And it's why I don't own a hell of a lot of oil in my portfolio, but I got a little bit. So valuations are still attractive on some of these things. But valuation doesn't matter. Exact opposite. When the story is cold, valuation doesn't matter either. Store <laughs> cold stories. Stocks continue to go down. Yeah, and I think in this environment, right, this should be the best environment for energy. At some point, that might change, where that environment is no longer the best for oil. And if that changes, I think these stocks might go, just because they're not really the winners of this year, right? I mean, you can look at these charts. They're not the winners of this year. And so I, I would think in the long run, I think this trade might let go. Big levels for me today on XOM. I'm going to be watching okay. to see if we can get into the 109. Um, I have 10850s and I do see like a downward trend line that could come into play right here around 108s. So big day, right? Uh, big day where it's either going to battle back some of those bears, I feel like, and start grinding towards 110. If not, it could turn back around. We'll see what happens today. You got some work to do, Mitch, in the 108 handle. Exactly. Let's exclude Friday's high at 106.89. And then you got a cluster of highs at 
uh, the one, let's call it the 108.50 area. You had three highs right in there. So you got some work to do uh, at that area. CVX, it's just like, the chart's just tired, man. This thing yeah. is, you know, it's trying to get away. This is when they announced their 89 trillion dollar buyback. That's the biggest buyback you'll ever see. Yeah, right there. That's what they did. That's what they did. Ah, sold to they you. Don't, they don't seem to hit the buy button much on that uh, buyback. Yeah, they, they must You'd hope be, they're uh, not hitting the buy button much because there's a hell of a lot of selling pressure if they're the only ones buying. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> Maybe they haven't started it yet. You hope they yeah. haven't started it yet. You just but hope I'm that sure the they hasn't been kicked off. But uh, hasn't been good. a lot of bids out there. Uh, we haven't been seeing them. Uh, I, now, Oxy, it had the news on Friday. It got the pop, but as strong as the market was during the day, it didn't kind of. It kind of drifted. It still had an up day, but really gave some back trading up 38 cents today uh you got warren of course in there you got the warren put on this one we did uh cvx uh dennis i know you were playing around in the I'm uh, still on the pxd too yeah, i have pxd P- and oxy okay pxd because i still think there's the outlier possibly that somebody could buy it and then oxy and, and it's got you know that dividend but the dividend is obviously 11 percent. you can't look at that because it's variable so it changes every quarter New York's why just because of Buffett. So those are my two oil plays. It's less than 5% of my long-term portfolio, those two stocks. All right, let's move to United Airlines compensating passengers affected by delays and cancellation with 30,000 frequent flyer miles as a gesture of goodwill after some cancellations through the weekend. But I do want to mention, there's also positive news in this industry, of course. Travel has returned to that pre-pandemic levels with the TSA screening a record-breaking number of passengers. On the recent day, TSA officers screened 2.8 million individuals surpassing the previous record set in 2019. So we've talked about it with the airlines, the cruise lines, everything. They keep Travel's going. back, baby. No, it's not. And it it's ain't been slowing back. down one bit. It isn't look slowing at this, down. Look at this chart I got here from uh, Bloomberg that shows you the TSAs and the number of people screened at TSA checkpoints. You guys see that huge drop off in 2020? Well, look at the climb right back up and actually breaking the record now. UAL, AAL, DAL, pick whatever airline you want. They're all performing jets if you just want to grab them all with their friend Frank Holmes. I mean, Ooh. there you are, new highs on the move. The cruise lines just don't stop. CCL up another buck on Friday. Unbelievable moves here for all of these things. People want to do stuff. This is, you know, just yeah. uh, I'm going places and YOLOing and living. And if I don't have any money, it doesn't matter. I'm going to enjoy myself while I'm here. That is what is happening on this trade. It continues to happen. Pullbacks probably get bought. Hotels playing a little catch up. We talked about that on Friday. Uh, Hyatt had that decent chart there move. And also I would say Hilton with a really nice move up. Now starting to break the trend line. I'm looking for these to kind of continue higher. Does Hilton want 150? Kind of uh, the hotels and then Airbnb too is sneaking back yeah, up. Yeah, it that held up. Disappointing quarter. It's been sneaking back up and it's trying. Has not broken out. Just kind of you know slowly crawling its way back up. We bought that dip on Airbnb. Um, and I'm up 18 points on it now. It's slow and steady, just climbing back up here too. But if the travel trade is still on, the travel trade is still going. You think eventually maybe Airbnb participates here as well? I don't think it's bad news for them. So. Yeah, hotels, airlines, cruise lines, Airbnb, whatever. I think that there's people doing stuff. Uh, did they have a downgrade last week too? Did they shrug off a downgrade or did I uh, can't remember? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. On the you downside, usually, you usually remember well. Yeah. Marriott's uh, leading in the hotels, so that's one chart that I always look for. Like, what's charts to me is standing out as the leader move right now. Marriott would stand out to me because you're seeing it push there, 52-week highs. And I'll just look for that one to keep going. Like, take the lead. I don't want Marriott here because I feel like it's a little bit too high. But if that one keeps running, I'll be looking at the relationships like Hilton, Hyatt, Airbnb. This is the same way I I kind of went after it with Royal Caribbean, right? I felt like RCL was a little bit too high, so I wasn't going to go after that one. But I was going to look to see if there was some lag move that showed up in Carnival and Norwegian. And that's exactly what happened. 
We'll look to see if the story repeats. Money to be made in sympathy trades. I've made my living in 23 years just trading sympathy, watching the leaders and trading the Those are the, the best. Laggards. I literally, for the it's best safer. for me too, man. It's not always the best, but it's safer because you you've already got information that, hey, this industry might be doing pretty good. Hey, and this market is very poor at pricing in anything. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you get these run-ups and, you know, maybe it's just, you know, but in some cases, you'll see like a company report, similar industry, and then all of a sudden, a week and a half later, another, oh, they beat two. I mean, they are not so obvious ones. Obviously, you know, you get like General Motors and Ford, those things really move well together. People are all over those. But people don't think about the hotels. They don't trade them very much. Volume's lower on them. So could the hotels have a catch-up trade when we see the cruise lines doing this good? I think so, Mitch. I think you're right. Yeah. And just to mention some other names there that we don't talk about, IHG is one there. Of course, it's a $12.4 billion at the top of the range also. country is that? move as much. What country is that? Uh, that's Intercontinental Hotels. That holds a whole bunch of uh, family packaging of hotels. Also here US. in the U.S. Yeah, US yeah but it trades there. as an ADR, which makes me think that their main operations are mm, probably That might be country. headquarters. It, it could be, but it could also be that they have a lot of of operations. Hundred, like, oh, a hundred these... countries and territories. So yeah, a very international. Oh yeah. Look at uh, that. Uh, so there, there you got your answer there. There's definitely, yeah. uh, and just to mention some of the ones that are under IHG, you got uh, Holiday Inn Express, Crown Plaza, Hotel Indigo, Intercontinental, Staybridge Suites, those types of hotel names. So just kind of mention one that maybe isn't mentioned all the time. Howard Johnson's Holiday Inn, La Quinta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so with that being said, uh, there's like WH, Windham Hotels and Resorts. It's kind of hanging out here. Just kind of mentioning names oh, that we normally trade. wouldn't take a look at. But hey, yeah. there you go. That's how you try to find the leaders and the laggards. Just move in the industry. Look down the line. I look at capitalization and I just work backwards. Start, start looking at it like that and then look to see what the charts stand out for you right all right let's I'll keep be right going. back guys i got my right. work crew here i'll be back in two minutes the work okay dee, 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 go dee. put your hard hat on dennis i heard Get it i heard it in the background they're backing up the truck and i hope dennis is backing up the truck out there <laughs> all right let's go to some different stocks i wanted to take a look at let's go to some kathy wood names let's take a look at the arkk it's taking a little bit of a pullback now bounce right back up to the highs there, at least on the dailies. You can see almost there to the 45. What do you see on this chart, uh, Joel, on ARKK? Or do you want to just no, touch no, that no, WH let's go to chart? Kathy. Uh, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. Interesting Ouch. chart now. It's starting to hold up here. So I know I've already yeah. gotten rid of it. I wrote it up a little bit to that 44, and then I got out. But I think you go, you're probably on. a little disappointed uh, in this one if you were, you know, because it's been a good rally. They've been mm -hmm. buying some of the gross stocks. Uh, boy, you got a great level here at 44.50. Uh, the last three highs, 44.50, 44.51, and 44.69. And uh, boy, oh boy, so if you hold that, uh, what do you have here? You have your next target uh, would be... If, well, there's only one daily high at 45, uh, but it's had the big move up, right? Uh, it's been consolidation, so let's punch through that area. Very important. Uh, what I, since you brought that up, um, I would also like to bring up uh, an ETF that doesn't get a lot of love. Let's take a look. It's it's, at, it's it's loop. It's uh, loop. it's the innovator Deepwater Frontier Tech funds. It's basically Gene Munster, right? Uh, but he has a little bit different management style. He's not he's not a kamikaze buyer and seller, right? Um, very disciplined approach. And if you look at the performance now, um, uh, Ark has been before around. Before we look into longer. the performance, Joe, I just want to kind of make show what's in here really quickly, and then let's look at the, yeah, the go performance ahead, go right ahead. quick. I have it really quickly here, so let me just put it up on the screen here. Let me zoom in a little bit so you guys can see this a little bit better. Um, so you see, Unity actually leads here. Mm, that's interesting. Of course, we've been seeing Unity get the little lift as of late. Um, you see CrowdStrike on here, Adobe, uh, Take Two, Uber. So looks like there's some pretty interesting positions here, and then uh, some that I don't I don't know too much about. New Holdings from Brazil, Brazil yep. financial company. 
So there's some pretty cool companies in there. Let's take a look at the performance, putting you back up, Jill. The issue you're going to have here, and we love Gene Munster, is there's no volume on this. So the issue you have here is the liquidity is very low. It's hard to get in and out of this. I don't trade this because nobody else trades it. It's hard to like get that volume to come in. Like is. Kathy is so liquid. I get in and out with a couple cents. I mean, this is like trade by appointment only. So you got to be very careful when you're buying something like this. And it's hard to get over the hump. I mean, we love Gene Munster. And I think he's put together, you know, a fabulous, you know, vehicle here as well, you know, an ETF. But it's the same thing like Tim Seymour's, you know, ETFs are the same thing. You know, we love Tim Seymour. And I think he does a good job too. The trouble is you've got to get, you know, the, the you've got to get the volume up there to allow more participants to come in and out. I mean, this made, just giving you perspective, this made six trades on Friday, six, not 60, not 600, not six, not six trades total. So it's hard to get the volume. So, and again, I don't trade it, but if you go look, it's probably very wide, hard yeah. to get in and out. You're probably paying 1% to get in and out of this thing. That's the biggest issue. So the manager, Gene Munster, fabulous. We love Gene. I don't know how you get the how you get to that next. I don't step know either. Where you get know the either. you know the high freaks coming in, you get everybody else coming in, the creation redemption coming in, and then you know then you've got liquidity, and then you've got a, a, a trading vehicle that goes. It's hard to do that. Yeah, uh, over the last uh, uh, five years, Arc is down a little less than six percent, while Loop has been up over fifty percent. Uh, but if you're comparing it to the NASDAQ, <laughs> that's up over 100%. But uh, uh, the reason I brought that up is uh, 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 my intern, my nephew Hayden, is uh, doing a, a write-up comparing these two and their oh, nice. investment and styles and everything. And uh, mm -hmm. we're going to get uh, – we'll get that article out there, and then I think I may uh, – Get Hayden on with uh, Gene Munster and, and figure out why there's not more volume in this thing. But uh, there you go. Let's uh, talk in, uh, growth ETFs. Triple D, is everything okay out there? I thought I heard yeah, I like a, a beep, 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 beep. Was that from you? <laughs> That's just my construction crew coming in here. So they work yeah. the holidays. There's a holiday in Canada here today, but they're working it. So. But I thought it was. I thought Canada Today was the first. It was Saturday, but they're celebrating the the actual holidays because it's on a Saturday. So the, most people are taking it today. So most okay. people are taking the Canadian holiday today. So the you Canada guys just like to be off. Tell the truth. Yeah. I told yeah, Dennis I, around. I, I <laughs> people don't like their holidays on Saturdays. That applies. No, to no, because it's already they're a not weekend. into that. It's already yeah. a weekend, right? Give it to It'll, me on the weekdays. And and we're we're moving to the four day work week eventually, Mitch. So if your holiday falls what? on a Friday, then they're gonna move it to the Thursday eventually. That's Good what Lord. the world's going to. They want the four day work week. Honestly, not it's Musk. not too bad. Not it's Elon not too Musk. bad. I, I would work twelve hours, thirteen hours a day if I only gotta work four days. Why not? Right, get three days a week. Yeah, I think the people only want to work eight hours a day and four. That's four what the, that's what that's they want, the Dennis. Is. That might be a little bit of a problem. I know. might have to do twelve-hour shifts if you want yeah. that. Elon one, Musk but... doesn't get it. I don't get it either. I'm with you, Elon. All right. Well, let, let's take a look here. Let's do a little bit of a ticker time, and I wanted to talk sure. about a trade that I got into. I think you're in it too, Dennis. I went back into Intel here on the pullback. Grabbed it on Friday. Grabbed their. Um, my entry is at 33.38. Uh, it's up at 33.54. I thought, you know what? Nice little pullback. A I little so. sleepy here. Yeah. Take a shot off 33 and see what happens. Yeah, I took the shot off 32 and I sold it though. So I was day trading <laughs> off the 32 level. So I was in and out of it once. I'm well, out that, of Intel that makes me right feel a little now. confident. You were early. Let's go. I know. <laughs> I know. I actually kind of like it in here. So I'm firing dips on it. Sometimes you can trade stuff too just with a bias. So if you're bullish a stock, you can day trade and buy and pullbacks and buy and pullbacks and buy and pullbacks and just, you know, trading it like that in the trend too. That's okay. I mean, you know, can trade anything. So I like Intel on pullbacks here, and I'm day trading it off of dips. And you got to get to this was a big move up, very unprecedented move. He came back, found support, double bottom, stalled at 34 once, Mitch. But I, I would say you wanted to get this 34 and a half. That will take yeah. back half of that five point move, that high in that area. That would be now the longer it took to like get back to that area start to get a little concerned mm -hmm. that you might get a little rollover and come back 
But uh, a target today, one minor target would be the high from last week. Uh, that was 34.23. So on a relative strength basis, you kind of wish, you know, I'm, it's not like a huge component of the S&P, but you kind of would have liked to see it a little bit higher on Friday, or at least that would even make it back up to Wednesday's high. So that was 33.34. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it did exceed Wednesday's high, but uh, let's see if we can make get back uh, get back in that 34 handle. I own it from uh, much higher prices. I mean, yeah. I don't even look. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> that's the secret right there that's it when uh, your stock's really bad you just don't look at it just don't look bro <laughs> just put it away uh let's go to mcdonald's here nando McDonald's. wants to take a look at it he's asking is it about to rip well i think we could tell you it's about to rip because if not we if we knew that one nando i'm sure joel and dennis and i would all own it right now but we can at least take a look at what we're seeing on the charts. You know what, though? How impressive is McDonald's considering what? Can't stop. I'm gonna won't call stop. McDonald's Mickey a D's, consumer. Baby. I'm going to call it a staple. I'm going to throw a it staple. in the consumer staples because it's just something that people go and eat at <laughs> regularly. They got their kids that demand it. It's almost like a consumer staple. It's very impressive. Like, because I do trade McDonald's with, you know, pair trading it with the Cokes and the Pepsis and. Obviously, you know, there's, you know, obviously a pile of staples there, but it's, I don't think it's part of the XLP, but it kind of trades like it. But I will tell you right now, the reason, the, the relative strength of McDonald's compared to those other companies is unbelievable. This stock just performs, the company performs. This is almost an all time high for McDonald's here. It if it's is. not an all time high, it breaks out to 300. You're in full breakout mode here. I mean, McDonald's just figures it out. Uh, let's see. I think it made an all-time high in May at 298.80. What did we get to the other day? Uh, 299.10. So you backed off there. So I keep, I mean, someone's saying, well, I really want to sell this at 300, but 299 is good enough. Uh, so there you go. Uh, 299 is uh, 299.10 all-time high. You did post an all-time uh, closing high at 298.41 for uh, Mickey D's. So, right, for the person that has to get ready to go, well, you got to see, see the resistance out there. And uh, let's see if we can take it out. I'm sure there's a bunch of open orders at 300, too, since it's never been to 300. Yeah. PE32. Forward piece 28, it is fully valued. Just consider that as well, but it's been resilient. All right, I'll name some names that are strong there in restaurants. You got Shake Shack, S-H-A-K, that's up a decent amount. Domino's Pizza, starting to push a little bit. So I'm looking for names that haven't gone already as much as McDonald's, but those look strong there. And Jack What about box. Domino's Pizza? Let's stop you there because this was okay. at one time just the same story, just so resilient, couldn't go down. You know, it was the stock that everybody had to be in. They blew it out to 40 times earnings, I believe, back in 2021. It might even have been 45 times earnings. Valuation has come down to 25. It's come down a lot. And this basically of your fast food pizza place, this has always been best of breed. Is there a place where Domino's Pizza could start expanding that multiple again here at 25? I wish it was 20 times. Not maybe never going to get Domino's Pizza 20 times. Maybe it did at 290. Maybe it was getting close to that. But 337, I kind of like your trade, Mitch. It's interesting. I mean, I think that Domino's Pizza got hit with thoughts of recession and probably that might have affected it and got it down to these levels. Don't people so. buy more? pizza yeah. during recession because it's cheap <laughs> mm -hmm. one thing i did saw that they were doing like extreme couponing um the last like kind of month or two extreme. so maybe that kind of helped them hurt them a little bit there they're giving up some of their margins trying to get some sales back um some volume back but i, I don't mind this move it made a recent move there on uh june 16th let's see yeah. if we get back to that high fire angel I'd be a uh, I'm just looking at this another major laggard here, Papa John's. I mean, that still Papa. has it. That, that still has it. I mean, if you want a laggard of laggards here, it had to, but also you know, not definitely not best of breed. You don't like Papa John's? I haven't I liked know. them since I ate their cheeseburger pizza. Oh! I was like, cheeseburger oh. pizza sounded amazing. I was so excited to eat it. I was actually in Colorado the first time I ate cheeseburger <laughs> pizza at Papa John's. I was in your neck of the woods when you used to live out there, Mitch. And uh, I saw ate, the advertisement. Like, I'm gonna try. You ate Papa John's while you were in Colorado. Come on, man! I, I had to try the cheeseburger spots, pizza. Bro. I had to try the cheeseburger <laughs> pizza, and I was like, 
and the first bite i was like this is awesome it kind of tastes like a cheeseburger and then the second bite and the third bite i was like this is weird man i feel like i'm eating a pe- a, a cheeseburger but i'm eating a pizza and then i couldn't even eat anymore i couldn't finish it so i've been turned off papa john's ever since where's the valuation on that thing it'll definitely be less because that you're not going to get the premium that you would <laughs> off of a domino's pizza which is deserved oh my gosh no it's more 26 times earnings, 32 times current earnings on Papa John's, 26 times forward earnings. No, thank you. I'd rather own Domino's. Best of breed. And the best of breed, uh, <laughs> CMG after the last earnings. I mean, Chipotle, Gap and Go after the last earnings and still making new all-time high. Uh, Laggart, Wendy's, right? Uh, just kind of Wendy's being Wendy's. Look at the all oh, the monthly resistance there and then. What's the one? That I'll tell back? you a story about Wendy's here. Too. I want to hear I don't story. know how. So we just in our town, we just got a Wendy's for the first time. I hadn't ate Wendy's in a long time, smaller town. And it was packed, lined up for the first couple of weeks. It's There's nobody there now. It seems like it's crickets. I went in there and I'm like, I cannot believe how much money they have. The, this, I'm in Canada, so it's more money. But they have their, my, my boy likes Caesar salad, the eight-year-old. The Caesar salad with no drink or anything, just the Caesar salad. Guess how much it was? Just the Caesar salad, chicken Caesar salad. Well, $10. wait, eleven ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine without a drink. And then he Ooh. got a drink with it. He was eighteen bucks on a Caesar salad, and it looked like the smallest, crappiest Caesar salad he had ever seen. Eighteen dollars. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm never eating here again. Welcome to inflation, my friend. So, Welcome to but, it. So, well, me, what's that? Like so, fourteen so, American. Yeah, 14 American. Yeah. So, okay. but but again, you can go and sit. So for equivalent at $18, you can go have a sit-down restaurant. You can get a Caesar salad for that. So I don't know what Wendy's is doing, but their price point is getting to be too high. We went in there. Everywhere. We go man. to McDonald's, the four of us, my wife and two kids. We eat for about 35, 40 bucks. Go into Wendy's, it's $65. It's 20 more dollars than McDonald's. Wendy's has problems in Canada. I don't know if it's that way in the States, but way too expensive for fast food. That's problems. I would not buy the stock. QSR, Restaurant Brands, Inc. That's, uh, I think that's the, is that the Tim Hortons and the Burger King, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, that's a uh, I think they spun off Tim Hortons, Joel. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, I, believe, I don't think it's in there anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, uh, seventy nine thirty. Is it his own stock, or did they just someone take it private? I think it's private. I think somebody else bought it. Um, seventy nine. I think. I think it's it's Popeyes is I think one of the main things. It's like QSR brands. Oh, Popeyes. Just to refresh ours, they change every once in a while. It's KFC for sure. I think Popeyes is in there too, though. Now wait, no, no KFC is Pizza Hut. I thought. Or is Popeyes? It's what's that? KFC. No, QS, no, no. QSR also, came from came from Pizza Hut and KFC. That all came from member Pepsi. It was a spinoff. So it's KFC, Pizza Hut. I thought they bought Popeyes. Did they not? Who bought Popeyes? Remember Popeyes used to trade. I thought QSR <laughs> bought Popeyes. I'm just trying to figure it out quickly on the fly. Because it used to make trade. Popeyes used to trade because they used to trade the stock, but it got bought out by somebody. Who bought Popeyes? Finding out. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you at, at least uh, what what's probably affecting, especially yeah, restaurant brands specifically, um, is just look at feeder cattle, right? I mean, just look how much a cow costs now, right? I mean, versus how it did back in like 2018, you'd pay about 150. Now you're talking 247 and rising, almost 75 percent increase. Uh, this is not going to help. When you're talking restaurants and inflation, right? If beef is going to be that expensive, if beef is going to double in price, people already used to not buy that much beef because it was so much expensive than let's say like a chicken cost or something else. It's going to continue rising. And and QSR did buy Popeyes. So restaurant brands bought Popeyes in 2017. All right, I'm just uh, just going to wrap up here real quick. Uh, we're down three and three quarters handles, uh, 44, 84, 50 is where we're trading, just hanging off the lows of the pre-market session, a little over a 10-point range. I think if you do, you know, get a, a break through the, you know, pre-market low, feels like you still got some bids out there. There's really no good support to start for until 43, 44.73. That's about 10 handles up. And then battle of the close, the closing high for the move, 44.88 and a quarter. We have exceeded that, but uh, not holding it at the current time. Everyone, early day today, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock um, close. 
yeah, one o'clock close, and uh, we'll take it from there. Thanks for uh, being with us here on this holiday Monday. All right, we'll see you guys back on a Wednesday, but stick around. We got more for you guys right here on Benzinga. Dennis is going to go ahead and hop. Have a good day, man. Enjoy your work, man. Half day, remember. Yeah, Joel's right. One o'clock close. Yep. All right. Dennis is out of here. We'll get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Zunade is going to run that. And then, of course, you also got the Trader Bacon Show that's going to be after that. Starts at 11 a.m. Eastern. So stick around, team. We'll have enough for you guys to almost get through the whole market day. So if you want to stick around right here all day long, Benzinga is your place to be, of course, to keep growing your trading skills. Come check it out, guys. That's going to start right now. You guys will get Zunade. That starts up at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern. So just about six minutes that should be starting up. Don't go anywhere, team, and stick around. We'll see you right here on Benzinga. And definitely be back on pre-market prep 8 a.m. on Wednesday. Hit the like button and stay safe out there for July 4th. I hope you guys have a great time. And like always, USA, USA. Let's keep it going, team.